Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scott Sadler for Kubota, shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on. And welcome to Off the Bench. Great to have your company as we sink our teeth into week two of the NRL 2019 season, already off to a flyer. And, of course, the AFL getting underway uh, as of this week too. So lots to discuss there and a special guest to join us a little later on in the program from the Brisbane Lions, no less than their skipper, Dane Zorko. But Benny Jones is my name. Great to have your company wherever you're listening right around Australia for Kubota Shaping. The country, shaping Australia, drive time sale is now on. Joining us on the program, uh, well, he had some calling duties last weekend, so we uh, had Gary Belcher step in in his place, but the one and only 2003 NRL Premiership hero from the Penrith Panthers, Scotty Sattler, welcome to the program, Sats. Thank you, Benny. Yeah, it's uh, first week of the uh, Rugby League, of course, the first week of the AFL this weekend, but uh, yeah, one week ahead the NRL, and, and of course, round two was kicked off uh, at Cogra or Jubilee between the, the Dragons and the, and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is always a historical match. But, yeah, there's been a, um, a few surprising performances, mm. is the best way to say it, mm. uh, for the NRL in round one. Round two, I thought, kicked off the way we expected it to, but there's some... There's some concerns about the Dragons being able to play for, for a full 80 minutes at the moment. Absolutely. We're going to get to that game. Uh, a big win for the Bunnies, 34-18 to 18 at Jubilee Stadium. And on that note, too, you mentioned some surprise results from Week 1. I'll park this for now, Sats, but a little later yep. on, I want you to tell me who exceeded expectations Week 1, who fell a little short on what you expected from a certain club in Week 1 as well. So that's coming up shortly. Hey, uh, we had the announcement. It's not a great surprise because he's, I think this is his 19th season in the, uh, in the top grade. Paul Gallen, of course, this weekend... Uh, uh, when the Sharks meet the Titans, he will equal uh, Andrew Eddinghausen as the game's record holder at the Cronulla Sharks with uh, 328. But he has announced officially that this will be his last dance, 2019, his final season. Um, didn't come as a big surprise, did it to you? He's 42, isn't he? <laughs> oh, I don't know. But Ageless. Oh, you know, I don't think it comes as any surprise at all. I think a lot of people were surprised that he was going to play this year, to be quite honest. I don't think he finished off at the end of last year the way that we've seen Paul Gallon for many, many years. Um, he's he's uh, spent less time on the rugby league field last year, I thought, in regards to the minutes played. Mm. Uh, he was always an 80-minute player, and that just comes naturally sometimes with the position that he plays, the uh, torture that he puts his body through, and also he's... Um, at the back end and 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 back end of his career, but yeah, it's, it's no surprise. It's no surprise at all. And to be quite honest, I I feel as though it's the right decision for the club if they need to move forward with yeah. some some very good young, exciting players coming through the grade as well. Do you uh, think you'll get the same sort of uh, swan song farewell tour of, of of a lot of well wishes that say a Jonathan Thurston got last year? Because he has announced it early. It gives him what twenty four weeks to. Uh, soak up all the adulation or do you think it'll be a little different from opposition fans uh oh definitely different from opposition <laughs> fans because you know there is that asterisk that always sits next to his name because of the, it's a polarizing figure yeah yeah well and and because of the um the peptide scandal that went through the club the yep. afl and the nro some years ago now so there's always that asterisk alongside he, both he and some other players names um yeah you know he, he, he does polarize people he's a 
he's a figure that um, has always been outspoken, which mm. is what we probably do like about him yeah. as well. There's yep. so many players these days that just bang out cliches time and time again. So, uh, but he'll be very well remembered by his his Canberra fans and supporters and and players because basically he bought their first premiership yeah. to the Shire, and it's something that they'd been that had eluded them for so many years. So yeah, now he'll be he'll be remembered as one of the real true modern-day warriors and competitors mm. in, in the game because he, he has put his body through a lot of torture. But um, there's going to be a lot of opposition fans for the next <laughs> 20 or so weeks that are absolutely going to hammer him. <laughs> <laughs> One last chance to tell Gal what yep. you think. But, of course, origin-winning skipper, as you mentioned, uh, with Cronulla in 2016. So he's already starting to position, position himself well for a little imagine, spot imagine in the media. His first game, imagine his next game at uh, Suncorp <laughs> against the Broncos. You think oh. there's a standing ovation? Guard of honour? No, oh, I don't He'll get absolutely so. <laughs> hammered. No, good luck to Gal uh, in his final season in the NRL. Still plenty of it to play out, mind you. Hey, uh, Sats, uh, expansion well and truly back on the agenda. It's always in the periphery of, of NRL conversation is, well, what comes next? Do they look to add more teams? Do they move some teams? Do they merge some teams? It's about a thousand ways they could go about it, but uh, certainly the the language coming out of NRL headquarters, and namely from Todd Greenberg, seems to suggest that in line with the next TV rights deal, which will kick off in 2023, that the NRL as we know it, 16-team competition, it's not going to look the same, is it? I don't think it will. I don't think it can, actually. I just think if the game of rugby league wants to continue trying to grow financially and from a revenue basis, they've got to expand or they've got to... Yeah, I don't think relocation is the is the answer, Benny, to be quite honest. Mm. I think you're just shifting the concerns that we may have in the game with clubs not being able to financially be sustainable for the long haul. That's, you know, they can look after clubs in the shortfall, but to be able to have sustainability, I think you're just shifting problems elsewhere. So I think expansion funnily enough is the way to obviously bring more revenue try and commit more fans to the game as well yeah uh, the, the discussions we're hearing of late out of the nrl there's a lot more substance to it they're a lot more robust whereas in years gone by it's always been uh well, we'll look at it and we'll look at the agenda and we'll see what the commission wants to come up with and usually the discussion is is deadpan there and then mm. but we're, we're obviously seeing a lot more substance about this it's obviously being discussed at greater lengths with the commission because i think they realize that if they're going to expand or relocate i think they're going to I think they'll force one club to relocate, yep. and I think they'll still bring in two more teams. Um, they'll do that, obviously, through uh, the assistance they've been giving clubs. Clubs. I think they'll set a, a criteria by the season's end this year that in 2023 we want to be able to uh, offer clubs who mm. are financially in a hole, we yep. want to be able to offer them a, a deal that will force them and their fans yeah. to still have a club. Because the option will be you can still have your club, and you can still support it, or your club will die. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be, um, it'll be a threat to fans that if uh, if we don't relocate your club, you yeah. won't be able to support it. So, um, you know, I, I truly believe that Jeff Tuvey's idea about another team in New Zealand, mm. as silly as it may sound, actually has some credibility. Um, I feel as though that, you know, one of the greatest arguments, Benny, is if we expand, there's not going to be enough talent. I don't agree with that. I think there is enough yeah. talent, and I think if you build it, the talent will continue to emerge because there's a lot of talent, talent out there that unfortunately can't be signed by the 16 clubs that are there yeah. because of the salary cap and and the playing group numbers that you're, um, you're only allowed to have. So um, New Zealand, I think, would be a great option. I think relocation to Perth would be a great option uh, for a team. And I think um, a team in southeast Queensland would be perfect mm. as well, a new, a new team. But the team that, if anyone goes to Perth, 
again, and you've heard me bang on about this many times, Benny, is that you have to first have a, you have your, you need to have some some depth to your rugby league some in pathways, Western yeah. Australia. Yep. You have to have your 16s, your 18s, your 20s, and you have to have your second tier team that's playing in the next best competition, which yep. is either the Queensland or the New South Wales second tier competitions. Yeah, no, well, look, as I said, uh, Jeff Toovey's come up with uh, some, some ideas. I know Gus Gould, I think he even suggested they could stretch it out to a 20-team competition. But, um, yeah, everyone's got an opinion on it, and that's why it's a fascinating topic and one which will be uh, around the uh, around the mark for at least the next uh, couple of years, you would think, while they try and iron out some ideas. Hey, um, I did ask off the top, uh, Sats, and it is, a, it is a small sample size, of course, one week of football, eight games. But um, from the opening round... Who? I'll start with who let you down as far as expectations are concerned. And I, I don't think I have to stretch too far to suggest that maybe one of your old beloved clubs yeah. might have probably filled this category. Yeah, Penrith. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Penrith and the Broncos were two of the uh, the most disappointing clubs in the first round. Yeah, you know, I mean, to watch the Broncos on the opening round on the Thursday night, there's no excuse that you don't show energy and enthusiasm. Yeah, you may not get the result, but the way they they were outclassed and outplayed by a Melbourne Storm team that's just moved on one of their greatest players ever. Mm. I think um, there's some concerns. There's no doubt they're going to get back on on the winning pattern very, very soon. The Broncos, they've got too many good players not to. But in saying that, opening round is the most exciting time as a rugby league player after doing four months of, of arduous uh, training. So, yeah, the way they the way they performed was, was pretty disappointing. Penrith... Uh, just juvenile errors um, and uh, playing as a Parramatta side that they, they probably should have beaten comfortably. Mm. Hey, hats off to Parramatta. They played really well. They took advantage of the situation, but it was a horrible game and there was a lot of mistakes. Yep. But um, out of the two, I would still say the Brisbane Broncos is probably the most disappointing. Mm. And and so you've, you've mentioned the Eels. I imagine they'll get a mention here, but a side that coming into round one, you thought, gee, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced, but then oh, I'll tell you what, that wasn't a bad first up showing. Were they probably one of the contenders, the Eels? Yeah, they were. Um, I think that game was, they were the best of a, a bad couple, to be quite honest, yeah. the Parramatta Eels, because both teams were as bad as one another. The Canberra Raiders, yep. 21-0 against the Titans. Um Sometimes in the first three or four rounds, it takes you a while to get your timing right, whether that's in attack or defence, whatever it may be. But to be able to keep a team to nil in round one, that's pretty impressive. And um, and in the conditions they played in as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought yeah, I was really impressed with the way they played, the way that they were able to you know, capitulate um, the the Titans every time the Titans had some sort of field position mm. or some sort of attacking uh, pattern. The, the Canberra Raiders were able to foil it. Yeah, there's a little look at the news of the week uh, through NRL circles for Kubota Shaping Australia. Their drive time sale is now on. It's time for the Friday night NRL preview. Yeah, a couple of big games. Obviously, the main focus for us here tonight on Off the Bench is the second of those two Friday night fixtures, and they don't get much bigger in modern-day rugby league than when the Broncos and the Cowboys go head-to-head. The venue is Suncorp Stadium, and I suppose that's straight off the bat. I've got to ask, is this, it has been, I've seen in certain circles described as the NRL's greatest modern rivalry. Is that a is that a reasonable call? They've played at some belters, haven't they? Yeah, it is a great modern rivalry. I wouldn't call it the greatest rivalry overall because I still think the Rabbits and the Roosters, which stems back so many years, they've they've got a genuine hatred for each other. Um, a rivalry doesn't doesn't mean you have to hate each other, of course, and and despise each other like the rabbits and the roosters do, because 
this rivalry between the Broncos and the and the Cowboys, it uh, stems from obviously both teams being in the competition in 1995 when the Cowboys came into the competition. It took them nine years to beat the Broncos. Yeah. That was in a final in 2004 <laughs> in Townsville, 10 nil, and um, but uh, they've had some fantastic. Especially over the last five or six years, where most games have been decided by anywhere from four to one point. Um, some, you know, I've always thought that with JT not being there, Jonathan Thurston, maybe this may lose its lose its flavour, the whole derby atmosphere. But I think because they've now injected three Broncos players, Tom Opechik, yeah. Josh Maguire, and also Jordan Carr, who it does add that extra spice for that uh, that game for this between the the Cowboys and the Broncos. I um, it's going to be weird. You know, it would have been weird, I should say, for for Josh Maguire and, and Jordan Cahu and Co to be able to go into a opposite dressing room to yeah. be running out yeah. and the crowd booing them as opposed to <laughs> cheering for them. Um, but this this rivalry was has always been built on respect. Um, it's a completely different mindset, I believe, between the New South Wales and the Queensland teams and the crowds. Um, this wasn't built on hate. No. The Cowboys and the Broncos rivalry, where the Roosters and the Rabbits, that's built on hate. You know, they they legitimately despise yeah, yeah. each other, um, so it's a completely different rivalry. This rivalry is one that you like to sit down and tell nighttime stories to your kids about. Whereas the rabbits and roosters one is one <laughs> that just simmers underneath the surface yeah. for many years yeah. and then many months and weeks, and then all of a sudden, when the game is about to is about to be thrust upon us as a rivalry, there's just it, it dissects a city. Yeah, and if you're telling those nighttime stories to kids about the Sydney rivalries, they won't be sleeping anytime soon. They'll be having dead set <laughs> nightmares. Hey, uh, Anthony Seabold, he had a tough initiation as Broncos coach last Thursday against the Storm. I just wonder how many hours of sleep he's lost. Uh, good segue, that, in fact. Uh, thinking about how he's going to contend with the Cowboys forward pack, because, boy, did they look nasty uh, on the weekend in round one. You know, you hear a lot of coaches and players say, we don't really worry about the opposition. We worry about what we've that's got to lie. do. And that's, that's a lie. That's absolute crap. <laughs> like, of course you worry about the other team. And you, you try and look at ways, and, and again, talking about chinks in their armour, just some of the um, some of the areas that you can try and um, try and make them vulnerable in. And yes, their forward pack hasn't got a lot of weaknesses, to be quite honest, but you're telling me that players aren't sitting back from the Broncos before that game saying, okay, and even Anthony Seabold saying, okay, how do we stop Jason Talmalolo? How do we stop Jordan McLean? Uh, how do we stop Matt Scott? How do we stop Cohen Hess? All these big mobile forwards. Of course you come up with some sort of game plan. I, I think the only way that moving forward, if you're playing against the Cowboys in this forward pack, is that you've got to exhaust Jason Talmalolo as, possi- as much as possible in defence. I mean, yeah. we see yep. how great he is in attack. He's got a, an amazing engine. So his, his conditioning is great. But I think if... If you make Jason Taumalala do back-to-back efforts in defence, slowly you'll start. You, you may start working him out of the game in relation to his, mm. his fatigue. So I think there's going to be a, a few ways that people are going to try and expose him and try and fatigue him as early as possible. Just what we know is that this yep. young man who is leading <laughs> this forward pack is just he's pretty special. The, uh, the Broncos uh, early in the week uh, announced that James Roberts was a likely starter and as the week has gone on, the, that chorus has grown even more and more confident. But having seen the way, and you were there at Amy Park last Thursday, the way he left the field, uh, the back spasm injury and he yeah. looked like he was about 112 years old as he left Amy Park on the night, there would still have to be a huge amount of concern. Not, I mean, he'll go in and every time a player crosses the line, they're 100%. We get that sats, you know, according to the letter of the law. But he... he can't be he can't be a hundred percent off the back of that, can he? No, oh, I don't know. I, he looked terrible last week, and mm. again, you got to take it with a grain of salt with James Roberts because 
his body language is always bad. He's a little bit like Josh Dugan. We've spoken about that during the week, haven't we, Benny, where the body language always says that they, they need an organ transplant where, where <laughs> yeah. really they've, yeah. they've just got a bump or a bruise. Yep. So he has trained gingerly during the week. I, I did see some footage of him um, only running at about probably 30 or 40%, yeah, which yeah. is about... A hundred percent for everyone else, but in saying that, <laughs> or, you know, I'd be surprised what effect he's going to have over the next few weeks if, mm, if it mm. is back spasms, because as we know, it's the central of your body, and basically, it's when you're a power athlete, your you, your back extends into your hamstrings, and of course, you need your hamstrings for that power. So, yep. um, I'd be surprised if we. I'd be surprised if, if we see James Roberts playing at his best for the next few weeks. All right, so uh, we'll leave the final word here with you, Sats. Who's winning this one and why, uh, based on what you've seen from these two sides early doors 2019? I, I think the Cowboys win it, and yep. I think they win on the back of this big forward pack. But I just think, positional-wise, I just think all their positions are... Uh, everyone's in the right position, I should say, whereas the Broncos, I still think they've got a few players. I think they're going to make to make a few decisions over the next five to six mm. weeks in relation to their team makeup and the dynamics. I think they've got a lot of players that are playing in the wrong positions with the game moving forward and what's what's expected. You know, Coming up against a young player like Michael Morgan as well, who's gone to another level, Yeah, he probably needs his captaincy to take him to that next level, and uh, he's leading the team around beautifully, and um, he, he's going to be the next, the next player that's that we're going to read about in the next sort of four or five years his career is possibly mm. one of the best players in the world. So that's what the Broncos have got to try and contend with off the back of this big forward pack. All right, nice work, Sats. Take a breather. We're going to take a break of our own and come back with our Thursday night review, having a look at the Dragons and the Bunnies at Jubilee Stadium. And we're going to do it thanks to Kubota Shaping Australia. Their drive time sale is now on. Plenty of off the bench still to come. You're listening to Off The Bench, Kubota, Shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on. You're listening to Off The Bench, Kubota, Shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on. It's great to have Kubota on board and welcome back to Off The Bench, uh, wherever you're listening right around the country. Benny Jones alongside Scotty Sattler. Still to come, uh, I went one-on-one with Dane Zorko, an AFL superstar Brisbane Lions skipper earlier on in the week ahead of uh, their season opener. A big game it's going to be too against the West Coast Eagles at the Gabba. So we'll have that one for you shortly. We'll find out who Sats is tipping for the remainder of round two. Some big games still to come and also what he's looking forward to this weekend in the world of sport. But right now, let's get stuck into this. Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review. Yep, doing it for Kubota, Shaping Australia. And before we get the thoughts of Scotty Sattler, who was on hand to witness this one at Jubilee Stadium, it was the Bunnies going two and zip to start their 2019 campaign. Too good after halftime for the Dragons, who led at the change. Uh, 18 points to 34. NRL Nation team were there. Brenton Speed, Scotty Sattler, Brett Kamali and Greg Alexander here were a couple of the highlights. Up over halfway, picks up Cam Murray, who slips through a tackle. He's got support as well. He throws the dummy. He left the fullback for dead. And Cam Murray scores the first try of the evening. Gets the offload away, and it's a sensational try. They come up with a reply already, the Dragons. Jordan Pereira went over pretty much untouched in the corner. Norman throws a big cutout pass to Pereira. Outside, Gagai, and what a try it is. It was sensational viewing. The big cutout pass from Corey Norman from right to left. Cut out three teammates. Jordan Pereira said, well, it 
it's my time to go. And he did go. And now Burgess is going to go over, is he, for the try? He rolls his way over. The tacklers were going every which way. They're going to go upstairs. The referee says on field, it's a try. Burgess, he's laid on a try this time. He stood in the tackle. Cody Walker loomed up on his left shoulder. And bang, bang. South Sydney have gone from behind at the break to in front right now, just six and a half minutes into the second half. It was a great kick as well. And have the Bunnies come up with it somehow off the kick from Reynolds. They have. What a fabulous try. Walker goes to Johnston, moves it on to Campbell Graham. Plenty of room, and he's over in the corner. South Sydney running away with it. So there you have it, Sats. Nice work by you and the team there out at Jubilee. Uh, the Rabbits will start with them. Uh, always generally start with the winning side, and uh, they must uh, their fans must be super confident about what lies ahead in 2019. I know it took them a little while to get going in this contest, but once they hit their straps straight after halftime, uh, gee, they, they put a gap on the uh, Dragons pretty comfortably, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Two, two away games also, Benny, that the, the Rabbits have had to start the season with. I mean... The SCG round one is not really an, an away match. Everyone would just loves to play at the SCG. It's, it's not really a home match for anyone. But um, two good wins in the second half. What will be concerning for the Rabbits staff is their first half at the moment because they started the game off beautifully with a try to Cameron Murray, as we just heard. But uh, 12-6 at half time. Dragons, their biggest villain was half time because they had momentum, they had the speed of the game. And whatever... Wayne Bennett said to them at halftime, the South Sydney side, it worked. It would have been about getting back to basics. Like last week against the Roosters, they just got their kicks away. And it was led by Sam Burgess, who was a one-man army at one stage and scored a couple of tries last night, was our NRL Nation uh, player of the match. And he was absolutely outstanding alongside Cody Walker, Braden Burns, a young centre that's playing on the left side in place of Greg Inglis, uh, Damien Cook was good. But just getting back to the Dragons, I mean, they mm. didn't want half-time, Benny. They, no. they wanted the game to keep going because they had they had the run of most of that second half of the first half, I should say, those last 20 minutes of the first half. They were they were winning the play of the ball. They were Defensively, they were great. They were getting through their sets. And then they went through this 10-minute, 15-minute period in the second half where they turned over possession, they um, forward passes, horrible kicks, whatever it may be, and mm. uh, they really just fed the game to the to the, uh, to the the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, so in the end, Rabbitohs are really firing a shot over the bow at the rest of the competition with the way that they're finishing games, which is quite frightening this early in the season, knowing that they can, they can flip the switch when they need to, yep. and then put on, I think, 28 unanswered points at one stage. Yeah, they did, uh, and you're right about the the Dragons' good start, and I think in fact receiving a standing ovation from the home fans at the halftime break. But probably a feel of what was to come. We know they're under strength without Debellin, uh, Tyson Frizzell out injured with that very nasty one he cop last weekend, and also Corbin Sims who returns from suspension next weekend but it was their right side defence which copped a working over we know how strong how potent the bunnies are down that left they were the uh, most successful side in that department in 2018 and clearly Wayne Bennett's come in and said well if it ain't broke I'm not going to try and fix it well they were probably predictable last year because they did go down that left hand side more than 65% of the time they got into their attacking area and yeah they came up with a they came up with a lot of points Robert Jennings who's now moved on was the, the leading try scorer last year and even though they are predictable and you knew they would always go down their left-hand side, your right-hand side as a defender, it was the timing and the precision that they did everything that, that ended up creating points. So you might have a great intention to stop it. You've just got to be able to um, stop the precision and, and be 
the ti- take the timing off the opposition side, yep. and a lot of teams haven't been able to do that. Now, we thought that Greg Inglis going over to the right-hand side with Dane Gagai meant that the ball was going to go both sides of the field. But as you said, Benny, they're still going down the left-hand side and they're still coming up with a lot of points. And that's always on the back of Damien Cook uses his speed to get a dummy half. He fires his big, long passes to Adam Reynolds, who gives the ball to Cody Walker. And he's got this amazing speed, this 5'8", that gets the ability to get on the outside of the defence and, and create the overlap. And that's what they did again last night. Mm. They went down that left-hand side. Young Braden Burns, who was criticised last year for the the few NRL games that he played, came up with a lot of errors. Whatever Wayne Bennett has done with this kid, and it would all be around, again, the basics and simplicity. You would have a very basic game plan. This young kid is reaping the rewards now of that very same game plan that they used last, last year and had success. What I am concerned with, Benny, is the fitness of Greg Inglis. Uh... When you look at him in person, he, he, he looks like he's had a well, no off-season at all. He's, um, or I should say he's enjoyed the off-season a lot more mm. uh, because he doesn't look fit. His involvement in the game is is uh, very diminished. His, um, his body language says that he, he doesn't want to be out there. And yeah, from all reports, he's, he's gone through some, some personal issues over, the, uh, over the, uh, the pre-season, and maybe that's played a huge part. But um, and I know that Wayne Bennett wants to try and get as many minutes as possible yeah. to try and get him match fit. But um, the only way that he's going to get match fit is if he gets himself involved, and he's just not getting involved but at the moment. Is that a, is that though in that point? And you mentioned Bennett's uh, desire to just get game time into him. Is that something while you're winning? And clearly at the moment, I mean the Bunnies—they've got a ten-day break now before they take on the Titans at ANZ Stadium next Sunday. So the the cards fall into place pretty well for them from that perspective. But while you're winning, you can. You can almost, I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't think it's it's possible to carry a player, but a carrier Greg Inglis can the can the bunnies afford to do that while again they are winning? Oh yeah, you can afford to carry him because he's he's one of the modern day most exciting players we've ever seen, whether it's at fullback or whether he's in the outside backs. So yeah, you can afford to carry him, but sometimes you can get a little bit too comfortable when you win mm. and you feel as though everything's not as bad as what everyone's saying that you come up against a side. Yep that can expose some deficiencies in, in your in your defence. And at the moment, um, and you're not going to get match fit by just being out there, Benny. Mm. You've just yeah, got to true. grit your teeth. You've got to bite down hard on your mouth guard and you've got to involve yourself in some, some areas of the game that you probably mightn't usually do. But you just do that to, one, motivate your teammates, but two, to get your head into the game and be physical. And at the moment... Um, yeah, Greg's just—he's just not physical at the moment. He's not getting himself involved, and and what he lacks in speed at the moment, he can probably make up in size. And they could probably use him a little bit more closer to the try line as a bit, bit more of a battering or battering around with his six foot four frame mm. and and his big upper body. So um, at the moment, he, he's he's just a passenger at the moment, unfortunately. Mm. The Rabbits two and zip, as I said, Titans next weekend for them. Uh, the Dragons naught and two. And they've got another tough one coming up. Suncorp Stadium next Thursday night. They take on the Brisbane Broncos. So that's our Thursday night review for Kubota. Shaping Australia Drive Time Sale is now on the Bunnies, defeating the Dragons 34 points to 18 at Jubilee Stadium. We'll take a quick break. Plenty of off the bench still to come. Stick around. Up next, we'll hear from Brisbane Lions skipper Dane Zorko. You're listening to Off the Bench. Kubota, Shaping Australia. Drive Time Sale now on.
And don't forget, you can take advantage of Kubota's drive time offers on tractors, mowers and utility vehicles. Kubota shaping Australia. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler here with you off the bench. We've looked at a few angles in the NRL the weekend so far. Now it's time to shift focus to another code getting underway in their 2019 campaigns. A number of clubs across the weekend. That is, of course, the AFL, one of those clubs in question. Is a club there's a little bit of hype around at the moment. I know Sats has got a few questions lined up regarding the Brisbane Lions, and we'll get to those shortly. But first, earlier in the week at the Queensland AFL launch, I had the pleasure of having a quick one-on-one with their skipper, Dane Zorko, and here's how it went. Well, Dane, thanks for joining us on AFL Nation, mate. It's been no doubt a long summer. Uh, all the running, all the drills, all the strategies been sorted, but now it's game time. You must be pumped, really excited, looking forward to it. Yeah, very exciting. And March is a very difficult month. You play a couple of JLT games. You don't really want to get injured. You want to get through. Yeah. Uh, and then there's obviously another week before you, you start playing games. So uh, we're chomping at the bit. We've got a really fit list, uh, really healthy list. There's only two on our injury list at the moment, which is um, over the past two years has been a real strength of ours. Um, you know, just excited for, for the West Coast Eagles this weekend. Know about the outside noise. I'm sure you guys hear a little bit about that, the excitement, the anticipation of what might lie ahead for your footy club this season. Have you, and you've been around a long time, felt anything different in the pre-season, a bit of a different atmosphere around the group? Oh, there has been. There's certainly been some hype around our club that uh, since my time at the club, I've been here for eight years now, and I certainly haven't experienced um, this much talk about us, which which is new for us. We, um, you know, we've got to handle it, but we, we understand that the really good teams deal with this pressure every year um, and if we want to be a really good team we've got to be able to adapt to this and um, I'm sure we've, we've learned over previ- previous seasons um, and that's just what you have to do and um, we haven't really heard too much of the external noise but all we can concentrate is what happens um, inside our four walls when we train gym um, where, how we uh, approach our meetings with an open mind and, and, and a real growth mindset um, that's what we've done the midfield group is a, a strong suit for fades and obviously you've got some some good players around you. You lost Dane Beams, obviously, in the off-season, but you get a player like Lockie Neal in, and from what we've seen in the JLT, he uh, he doesn't get sick of getting the footy, does Lockie? No, he's allergic to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it stays that way. But also, you know, we've added some great other players as well with Jared Lyons, Link McCarthy um, and Marcus Adams, as well as our new new talent that have come in. So, yeah. um, you know, yes, it was very disappointing that we, were, we, we lost Dane, but it opened the door for, for other players now, and... Um, you know, we, we feel like we've added some great acquisitions that can really help our football club go forward. The ruck battle's an intriguing one too because you've got, obviously, uh, Archie Smith trying to cement his spot in the senior side. Steph's had a few niggles in the off-season. Then you've got the big O who can play forward as well. Good problem for Fakes to have, and you as a midfielder, you're just looking for the bloke who'll put it down your throat. Pretty much, yeah. uh, which all three of them can do. <laughs> yeah. So, as you said, it, it is going to be a difficult decision for Fakes to make. Um, Steph's come up against Max Gorn last weekend when Archie went down and did a fantastic job. So... Uh, I mean, it's all going to be dependent on, on, on what Fave sees fit for our group, but we know that all three of those Ruckman can perform at a very high level. Um, and for whichever whichever Ruckman makes uh, you know, the season opener, I, I, know, I know they're going to do a really good job. Reasonable litmus test first up, the defending premiers, but that in itself must excite you. No easy games in the AFL. West Coast, um, you know, the threats are pretty obvious, but what are you hoping the boys will bring to the table come Saturday night? Oh, just our, our process. We, we understand it's, um, we're playing the, the reigning premiers. Um, but they've once again had a fantastic JLT season. Um, you know, so that's another really great, exciting challenge for our, uh, our, our football club. And, um, you know, what better way to do it than to start round one against uh, a side like West Coast? Um, they're obviously really good intercept markers. Uh, they've got class all around the field. So 
it's a good challenge for us, something that we're uh, really excited for. Um, and it'll give us a really good test as well. We feel like our JLT form was just as good as theirs. Um, they won two games, we won two games against quality opposition both times. And one thing you know in the AFL these days is competition is so even. And whichever team you know is slightly off, the, the opposing team's going to make you pay, and, and this will be no different this weekend. And a very last one, a bit of a call to arms, if you will, Dane, for the Brisbane Lions supporters. We know it's been tough times, but there is that real anticipation that you're on the verge of something special. They're expecting 25,000-plus, obviously, on Saturday night. You've got Easter Thursday coming up, too. That's going to be a belter. So, Lions fans, uh, if they've been just sort of hiding in the doldrums the last few years, now's the time to get out and get behind the side. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a fantastic time to jump on board the club. Um, there's so much emerging young talent at our football club mixed with a great mix of experience um, and youth. So it is. If you, if you haven't signed up yet to be a member or you're interested in coming to games, uh, by all means, jump on the Lions website. Um, and we'd love to have you down here making the, the Gabba a real fortress again. Yeah, well, we know it's going to be exciting the season ahead. You're going to be leading from the front. All the best for not only Saturday night against the Eagles, but also for the remainder of 2019. And hopefully it's a, a massive year for the Brisbane Lions footy club. Thank you very much. Cheers. So Dane Zorko there, Sats. Uh, he is a star of the competition. Uh, captain now of the Brisbane Lions. He took on that role last year when Dane Beam stood down and then has subsequently left the club. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of genuine excitement about him and what a start for them against the reigning premiers on Saturday Danny, night. With Dane Zorko, now, um, we know how good he is and, and the Lions are, you know, the Swans are my favourite side. The Lions yep. not far behind. I really love the way that Chris Fagan has, has embraced the community, the way that he's dealt with the media being in Brisbane. And yeah. What he has done invariably is he's, he's I think he's got Brisbane to fall in love with the Brisbane Lions again. Mm. And we'll see that through... Uh, crown attendances as, as we go along, um, but Dane Zorko, I want to get your your um, your feedback on Zorko from a Melbourne Victorian point of view because that is the hub of, yeah. of AFL. How highly respected is he in that Victorian market as a opposition player? Yeah, high, I love him. Yeah, I love his competitiveness. Yeah, yeah, and look, he rubs a few up the wrong way in that, and there's been a few occasions where he's maybe even admitted himself that he's he's overstepped the mark. I think famously in a, a Q clash from a couple of years ago, he refused to shake the hands of Took Miller after the Suns beat the Lions, and uh, that was seen as being a, a little bit childish, and he had to come out and apologise and made a beeline the next game to make sure that he rectified that. So, he, look, he's had some moments, and he does play on the edge. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a typical small midfielder who just likes to have a bit of a yap, uh, get into the ear of opposition players, and particularly taggers, because he is a player who does get tagged. But he, no, he's highly respected, Sats. And uh, yeah, as a leader now, he's got to really um, take that on board and, and, and take this young club. It's still a very young club looking at their playing list uh, to hopefully some, some much better days. And I think you're right. I think Chris Fagan's selling a great message that it's you know not guaranteed. It won't happen straight away, but we saw signs last season. They were just in games for longer and you know lost, I think, five games by less than 10 points. So it could have been an even better season. They only won the five games, but um, they get a West Coast side uh, at the Gabba in round one that uh, will miss a number of their star players, namely Josh Kennedy. Uh, Jamie Cripps won't be in that side. Willie Rioli is out. So their forward line's undermanned. I, I think the Lions could get them, and uh, it would be a huge start to their season if they could. Talk about a lot of players being out. I um, did a function a few weeks ago with the great Gary Lyon. Oh, yes. And when I, when I asked him who looks to be your favourite, he says, well, your mob, yep. Collingwood, yep. the Magpies... Beam's going back. They had a couple of players, a couple of really significant players yeah, yeah. that missed a, a yep. lot of the season last year. So you have a team that gets beaten by 
in the last few minutes in a grand final. Then you add Beams and two of their stars back into that squad. He, he feels though they're going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, obviously uh, you love your, your your footy. As you said, you're a Swannies man. Who who do you like for the AFL Premier? I got to ask you, Sats. Uh, I know you haven't probably studied it as intensively as some, but who do you who do you fancy? No, I I, I do like the Swans, as you said. I, I think like you're saying, I think they're running on a little bit of old legs at the moment. Yeah, I think they, yeah. haven't, they haven't got that balance yet of youth and experience. They're sort of sitting in between that, and they need to get back to a, a new pattern. Um, I do love Richmond. I do like the way yeah. they play. Yep. Uh, I like their history, and um, I think they're going to be very different. Alex Rance is going to be huge. I yeah. mean, we all yep. talk about the goal kickers and the, 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 the point scorers, but the defenders are so important in the game, mm-hmm. and not having him is going to really hurt them. But... Um, I think you're mob, Benny. I think Collingwood are going to be really difficult to beat, putting so many stars back into that team. It's good to have both codes back underway and in full swing. So we're going to take a quick break here on Off the Bench when we return. We'll go back to the NRL side of things and find out who Sats likes for the remainder of week two. You're listening to Off the Bench. Kubota, shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on. see who the lads like this weekend. It's Badge and Sats NRL Tips. Yeah, we're going to leave the responsibility with uh, the one and only Scotty Sattler, who, uh, to be fair, got off to a flyer in week one, so it's probably best that we leave him to do all the tipping for the remainder of the year. In fact, let's go to uh, the three games Saturday, Sats, uh, and starting with a record equaling game, as we mentioned, off the top for Paul Gallen as his Sharks take on the Titans. Yeah, congratulations to Paul Gallen. It's a great achievement, uh, equaling the great Andrew Eddinghausen's uh, record, but uh, I, I think the Sharks are going to be too strong. The Titans without Ash Taylor, Tyron Roberts is gone, Riley Jacks comes in, which is great. He'll give them really good direction, but I just don't know where their points are going to come from, Benny. Hey, uh, Knights and the Panthers. Uh, the Knights were gritty uh, to open up their campaign, and the Panthers, as you mentioned, Sats, bitterly disappointing. It's a difficult one to pick this because you're, you're going to expect the Panthers to come out uh, after last week's performance and uh, put on a masterclass, and hmm. they probably will, but but the Knights, I think they're in for really good things this year. I, I yeah. think they're going to go as high... I think they're going to go higher than what a lot of people expect. A lot of people are saying 8th or 7th. I th- I think they'll improve a lot, a lot mm. greater than that. I think they'll finish up pushing for a top four position. So I'm going to say the Knights. Righto. Uh, feel for the Sea Eagles. Obviously not a great start yeah. for their season. They come up against the defending champs at Lotto Land. Any hope, Manly? Uh, no Trom Travojevic. Yeah. Um, Fanua Blake's out as well, suspended. So um, this will either be one of the greatest upsets in when we're talking about upsets at the end of the season. Yep. Or it's going to be one of the biggest victories by the Roosters for the season. It could get ugly. Sunday, two games. The Bulldogs pretty listless against the Warriors in the opening weekend. The Eels, as you said, in a scrappy, pretty ordinary game of footy. But they got an important win to kickstart their season. This one at ANZ Stadium. Yeah, no Michael Jennings for the Eels, which is um, difficult because he's obviously scored two tries mm. last week. And um, the good part about him not being there is that the Bulldogs really struggle to score tries. So um, the Eels, I think, have got probably got a few players that that can control the game individually. Mitchell Moses, just to name one of them, the new Dylan Brown, this young fellow who seems to have all the confidence and composure in the world. So uh, from a sense of um, game breakers, I think the Eels have probably got a couple of players, Blake yep. Ferguson, name another, uh, Clint Gutherson, where the Bulldogs are really struggling. Their key players are struggling to create any sort of momentum or any sort of danger at all with the ball in hand. So I'm going to say the Eels. All right, and finally, to wrap us up, Tigers uh, off to an amazing start, uh, which they did last year, in fact. Uh, got out of the blocks really well, and so did the Warriors. Uh, so this is a really big game to wrap up the weekend at Campbelltown. It's a difficult one to pick also, this one. Um, the reason why I'm going to pick the Tigers, and even though the Warriors were good last week, um, 
is was it because they were good or the Bulldogs are really bad? Mm. So um, even though the Warriors look powerful, they look skillful, they look like their two halves complemented each other. The Tigers, last 20 minutes, used to be their worst last year. This year under Michael yep. McGuire, obviously their work ethic has made their last 20 minutes based on last week as their best part of the game. If you can play the last 20 minutes with a lot of intensity and lift the intensity to another level, the Warriors historically have capitulated. And I think if that's going to happen, the Tigers will win in a really tight one. Oh, there you go. Righto. The thoughts of Scotty Sattler ahead of the remainder of round two. Just to wrap us up, it's been a huge show, uh, Sats. So just a quick uh, little sign-off on what you're looking forward to most this weekend, mate. I'm really looking forward to the... I'm actually looking forward to round one of the AFL. Yep. Um, kicking off on Thursday night, it was a... Yeah, a bit of a one-sided affair in the end, but it's still exciting seeing the amount of people, nearly 90,000. Yeah, it was big. I'm looking forward to Winks. Looking forward to Winks yeah. to see whether she can continue, uh, which has flown under the radar a little bit it this has, week yeah. with the NRL and the AFL kicking off um, over the last two weeks. So uh, Winks, and um, I'm just looking forward to see how the Lions go against the West Coast Eagles and also the Swannies. Sats, have yourself a great weekend, uh, and I'll catch you same time next week. Good stuff, Benny. You're listening to Off the Bench, Kubota, shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on.